Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those cameras up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Following is a special presentation of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Nice to clean, execute our race, put ourselves in position, got to be there at the end. Yep, copy that, have a nice smooth day, and got to be there when it counts. To the checkered flag, Denny Hamlin has won the 61st edition of the Daytona 500. It's fun, I mean, it gives you confidence, you, you can't, you know, deny that, that uh, it, it gives you a, a sense of swagger and confidence that you, you didn't have before. The Daytona 500 is over and across the line taking the captain Roger Penske to victory lane is Joey Logano. It was an amazing feeling just to start it so you know you can imagine what it was like when we won in 2015 for me. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live from Daytona International Speedway. Here is your host Woody Kane. Welcome to a special edition of NASCAR Live. I'm Woody Kane. Tonight, we have the best of the best from Daytona 500 Media Day from the World Center of Racing, where the MRN crew talked to all the drivers about the great American race. The day started off early with Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden. We're going to welcome in the driver of the FedEx Toyota, reigning Daytona 500 champion and also car owner, if you will, on the Coca-Cola iRacing League. Picked up the, the win last night. We welcome in Denny Hamlin. Yeah, already got a win. Speed Weeks. <laughs> Let's go. Here you are back at the World Center of Racing. What's it like to come through the tunnel here knowing that you've conquered this place and you have the opportunity to do it again? It's fun. I mean, it gives you confidence. You, you can't, you know, deny that, that uh, it, it gives you a, a sense of swagger and confidence that you, you didn't have before. And really, knowing, you know, coming into 2016, I hadn't won any day 2500, and now to have a couple of them here in 2020. So, you know, there's certainly some confidence there. I think that, you know, we've shown over the last eight years and our results would show that we've been a factor at the end of these races every single year. Uh, it's, it says one thing that we're able to avoid that many wrecks, but um, I just uh, have, have been really blessed to be with, you know, have fast race cars and making the most of it right now. That being said, okay, here we are. We're getting ready to go racing at Daytona, but it's also Jimmy Johnson saying this is going to be his last full-time season. Give us a Jimmy Johnson story, something personal that, that he may have done or something that's touched you in this, his final season. When we look at the list of his accomplishments, second to none, obviously, uh, I think the single most impressive thing that anyone has ever done in NASCAR is win five straight championships under different cars, different type of formats uh, to win a championship. To adapt and do it five in a row is without question, in my opinion, that the single most impressive accomplishment anyone's ever had in the sport. I would think he would, should go down and get appreciated for that. Uh, I know he's been very, very fair as a competitor. It's really interesting that it takes sometimes 
you to be not a nice guy out there, to be you know one of those competitors that you're going to have to fight week in, week out. You're going to have to make moves that a lot of times are going to piss people off. He found a way throughout his career to do both, be a tough competitor and still be really, really fair. And that's something, that's a balance that not many people have. And that's a future Hall of Famer talking about a future Hall of Famer. Denny, best of luck on Sunday. Thanks for spending some time with us. Thanks. Appreciate you all having me. All right. That's Denny Hamlin, a 37-time winner at this level, uh, a Daytona 500 winner, and certainly somebody who will be uh, needed to be contended with come Sunday afternoon into Daytona 500. Coming up, more from Daytona 500 Media Day. For more than 80 years, Detroit Diesel has been the legendary driving force powering Freightliner and Western Star trucks across North America. Through our state-of-the-art Detroit technologies and components and safety systems, we've earned our customers' trust as a reliable business partner dedicated to improving their bottom line. It's no wonder they continue to depend on Detroit to keep them safe and efficient on the road. When you demand it all, demand Detroit. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like non-wing sprint cars, midgets, silver crown, traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Fine job from Chris Rebell up front. Dirt racing is about going to the racetrack and enjoying it. Non-wing open wheel racing's best podcast, Dylan and I chat with some of the biggest stars from past and present. Chris Rebell, a winner at Eldora. It's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. This is a special edition of NASCAR Live for the Daytona 500 on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to a special edition of NASCAR Live. Let's continue our highlights from Daytona 500 Media Day in Daytona. We are joined now by a pair of four drivers, one at the top of his game in Joey Logano. The other making a rookie debut coming up here in Daytona. That would be Cole Custer. You got the best of the best sitting in front of you, Alex Hayden. Yeah, we do, and we'll start with Joey Logano. Uh, it's it's Daytona 500 Media Day yet again as we get set for another run to, for the Harley J. Earl Trophy. What's it like for you when you come through the tunnel here at Daytona? Oh man, I always get excited. Just uh, you know, last week when we got here and. You land, and you're in Florida, and it, the weather's nice. That's always a nice part. And then, you know, you see Daytona every time you land right behind the racetrack. And, uh, you know, this what this racetrack means to our sport, um, how exciting it is just to be here. Um, I always remember my first Daytona 500 starting. Cole's going to, uh, you know, obviously know this feeling here soon as well. That, you know, I, I remember walking out uh, onto Pit Road, um, and I was with my dad, uh, and, and seeing my car lined up for the Great American Race. And, how neat that was. It was just a special feeling. Now I wrecked out, you know, 20 laps into the race, but it was an amazing feeling just to start it. So, you know, you can imagine what it was like when we won in 2015 for me, um, putting so much into this race and what this race means to, to myself and to our sport, um, that when you know that feeling and what it's going to be like, you can't help but get excited when you get here. That is Joey Logano seated next to him is Cole Custer. Before we get to you, Cole, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this with you, Joey. What would you tell Cole? Uh, as far as the one thing that you want to keep in mind, once the green flag drops in the Daytona 500, what would be the words of advice Ooh. or wisdom? Ooh. <laughs> He's You're never out of it. And uh, I guess Eric Jones probably proved that to everyone last uh, last week at the Clash. You're never out of a super speedway race. There's just so much stuff that can happen. Um, you're going to get caught up in something at some point. Chances are. You, know, you strap into this thing knowing that 
you have more than a half chance that you're going to crash at some point. Um, and you just hope that it's not that bad and it's somewhat repairable. And if you're still rolling, you got a chance at it. Uh, anything can happen in these things. So, um, you know, being smart when you need to and being aggressive when you need to is key. Um, but I guess if it's one thing, it's just always know that the race is still going. Cole Custer is here as well. Cole, you've had a lot of success in the Xfinity Series. Here you are now. It's time to, to get into a cup car, and you've had a, a few laps already over the weekend just doing that. What's the learning curve been like already in your short time that you've been in the car? Uh, you know, it's been just trying to get used to everything is the biggest thing. You know, I think the guys that moved up this year, we kind of know what makes you be successful and what we need to do. You know, it's just a matter of getting used to the cars and the teams and the racing level, you know. So, uh as, as time goes and you take it one step at a time, I think it's just going to – you're going to get better as a driver. I know you have been totally focused on a race car, making it better, getting to know your team, getting to know the surroundings. But have you paused for a moment just to kind of think about what Joey was talking about, and that is Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon when you come walking from uh, either the garage or the coach and make your way down pit road to the driver introduction stage – to be introduced as a driver in the Daytona 500? Yeah, I don't know what that feeling's going to be like. You know, you try and block it out as much as you can, I guess. Just you try and treat it like a normal race. You know, you prepare and do what you can. But um, you just try and take it one step at a time, I think, is the biggest thing for me is just making sure that I don't think you get too much pressure if you just focus on what you got in front of you and what you need to do. But um, at the same time, I'm sure when you walk to that car, you know, and after intros, it's going to be a pretty surreal feeling when you've watched this race since you were a little kid. Cole, we got you for another moment or so. Joey, I know you got to keep moving along. Listen, all the best here. Go get yourself another Harley J. Earl trophy. All the best. All right, we'll give it a shot. Thank you very much. Appreciate jo- it, guys. Joey Logano. Nice, Joey. Well, our next guest is one here at the World Center of Racing. Austin Dillon sits down, driver of the Bass Pro Shop Chevrolet. Austin Welcome to Media Day. You've done this a time or two. It's always fun, right? It's Media Day, favorite day of the year, obviously. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I enjoy doing this because it only happens once a year, and it is my favorite race, favorite Sunday of the year because of the hype, because of the buildup. I wake up and I cherish every moment up until the green flag, and I get in the car, and I'm trying to be as focused as I can because this one matters to me. I mean, it just it is. Um, I was able to win it in 18, but I want to do it again. I want to put myself in that position again. I know what the eyeballs are and what it means to your career. And, I don't know, my family loves this race, too. My grandfather, you know where he's going to be on Sunday. He's going to be on top of this building, sitting there watching every lap. I've watched laps with him up there. And now I get to compete in the great American race. And just starting this race is enough alone, you know what I mean? But to have a chance to win it, it goes a long way. I mean, every driver at this level is here because of that absolute competitive fire in the belly you want to compete 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 to be able to be a part of the daytona 500 is one thing now that you've conquered this race is it different is that fire in the belly any different now that you've done it and you want to do it again yeah i mean you want to be two time after you do it the first time so uh know what victory lane looks like i've been there and how cool it is just to soak in that moment so oh man i cherish the moment just to to have that opportunity again to replay it every day i mean it's it's an epic uh, feeling I'd go get the tattoo again. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, you're going to have that opportunity again, obviously, come Sunday. When when we look at what's already taken place and what's still to come here this week, where do you feel like you are with your team? With Justin Alexander, your crew chief, where do you feel like things are after the opening weekend? Well, I mean, it's still pretty new. Um, I thought Justin and I and Brandon, my new spotter, um, really did well in the clash. Uh, close, came up really close to, to winning that thing. Needed a little help or... Maybe a little different decision for myself, but 
Felt like we did about as much as we could with what we had out there. Justin is very calm on the radio. I love that. I think it keeps me calm. Um, the intensity level is probably where it needs to be for us to accomplish what we want to accomplish this year, and that's just to be better, to, to win multiple races. We know that we got to win multiple races to win a championship. My ultimate goal in this sport is to win a championship to become the guy that win all three first, the truck, Xfinity, and Cup. So, and we got work to do to do that from last year. We struggled last year. So, you know, our last race at Homestead was something positive for us. I thought we run really well at that race, and that was a different direction for our company as a whole as far as our bodies on our cars. And I hope we make smart decisions throughout the year to, to do to do that, to, to put ourselves in a position to compete in the top ten every weekend. If you do that, you can get those chances to win multiple races. You're already in a, uh, one of the most prestigious clubs of all, being called a Daytona 500 champion. All the best to you Sunday to get to that next level, that next barrier to break down to be a two-time Daytona 500 champion. Thanks, guys. Uh, really enjoy what you guys do for our sport. Thanks for everything. Thank you. Austin Dillon, a winner here at Daytona. Coming up, more from Daytona 500 Media Day. When it comes to weekends, we're always left wondering what to do. If only there was something exciting going on that everyone will enjoy. Then you want the full throttle excitement of the Fan Shield 500 Speed Fest coming to Phoenix Raceway March 6th through the 8th. You bring all your friends and family, and we'll bring the festival fun with camping, great food, and access to the infield and NASCAR garages. Get your seats now at phoenixraceway.com. The Daytona 500. Be here on February 16th to witness the biggest race of the year, where one driver will make history as a Daytona 500 champion. Be here to feel the power that takes your breath away and brings you to the edge of your seat and to experience the thrill of one of the greatest events in sports and one of the most iconic events in the world. This is the Daytona 500. Tickets are available now at 1-800-PIT-SHOP or Daytona500.com. This is a special edition of NASCAR Live for the Daytona 500 on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. We're back with our special edition of NASCAR Live with coverage from Daytona 500 Media Day. Optimism was in the air all day as drivers came through visiting the MRN crew. There has been one race, though, already uh, under the NASCAR banner during Daytona Speed Weeks, won by Eric Jones, who joins us right now here at the table at Daytona 500 Media Day. Eric, welcome uh, welcome aboard. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. That was really something last weekend. Have you, uh, have you quite still gotten your head wrapped around everything that happened and how it ended up when it was all over and done? I, I don't know that we've ever seen somebody crash three times and, uh, and have a blown pit stop in 75 laps and still recover from it. No, I, I don't think we have either. <laughs> I, I've definitely never been a part of that. But uh, it was cool. I mean, looking back on it, you know, what a neat story, I mean, to tell. But uh, a wild race, not one that I thought, you know, halfway through we were going to have a shot. We were down a lap and – getting back on the lead lap, and I think our first restart back on the lead lap was green-white checkered, and we were running about 12th, and then we were able to come back and, and win it. Wild race, but definitely cool. I mean, anytime you can win a race at Daytona is neat, uh, and especially the week before the 500, it's good, good momentum. Forward spinning now to what, what comes next. What's the approach for Thursday and the, and the duel? Hopefully uh, Thursday is a step in the other direction, a lot calmer. Um, I'd love to win it, but uh, maybe in a different fashion. So, uh, you know, it's definitely going to be a different race, a lot more reserved race, I'm sure, uh, with some of the guys who are in the clash and just in general people want to keep their 500 cars in the race Sunday. Uh, you want to run hard. You want to get the best starting spot you can. You want to start up front in the Daytona 500, and 
you don't want to uh, give up those stage points either that they're that are available in the race so a fine balance right you you want to push and you want to learn and run hard but uh, you got to keep your car in one piece too so it's going to be an interesting balance but i i think we can uh you know hopefully run up front and get ourselves a good starting spot you tweeted a meme on sunday night from days of thunder remember me <laughs> kind of feel like the forgotten one. I mean, what was the kind of the, the story behind that meme? No, we. Uh, my buddy was laughing. He sent that to me when uh, that was when Cole Trickle wrecked about three yeah. times, yep. I think, in that race, and came back and was was waving at uh, at the Rowdy Burns who was leading. So we were just laughing about it. Nothing more to it than that. We just thought it was a funny uh, meme uh, from the movie. So a year ago, uh, went to Victory Lane uh, as part of a 19-win season for Joe Gibbs Racing. It, uh, I don't think anybody would have bet that one organization could have won 19 times in a single year. Probably nobody would bet on, on the ability to do it again this year, but I don't know that anybody would bet against it either because this race team has not sat back on its laurels during the offseason. You've been working hard to get better still. I think that's been the big thing with JGR. Sometimes when you get out front, uh, you worry about being, being complacent, and, and I don't think – JGRs really fell into that trap before. They, they're they're never ones to really, you know, sit on their hands and, and say, oh, we, you know, we've got good cars. What, why do we need to keep working on them? Um, the development's constant, different, different this year with the parts freeze we've got going on. But you know, you can still work on some stuff on the on the other side from aero and everything else. So uh, there's still development going on. Maybe not the same as we've always had, but uh, you know, I think we've got great cars. I mean, a parts freeze, but for a, a good year for us coming off of last year. So. Uh, same cars and, you know, hopefully just as much success. We'll, we won't know until, obviously, the season gets going here, but uh, I think we all feel good about, you know, having an opportunity to have a really similar season. Wish you the best of luck on Thursday. Congratulations again on uh, on your success in the Bush Clash, and uh, have a great ride on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Eric Jones, DeWalt, Toyota, out of the Joe Gibbs Racing Stable. We are joined now by a NASCAR Cup Series champion that's done his share of winning over the years. That would be Kevin Harvick. Welcome to MRN.com. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing yeah. fantastic. How's your off-season been? What off-season? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, for, for me, it's, um, you know, it's one of those situations where I'd rather have some sort of flow to continue, um, you know, kind of in the groove from a racing standpoint just because, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of development, a lot of things that, that happen during the off-season. And on those years where, you know, I feel like I've been more disconnected from my guys, and it seems like it takes longer to, to get back into the swing of things. So we did take a couple weeks uh, over Christmas and the New Year's, but we were actually in the simulator the day after Homestead uh, two more times before before Christmas, a couple times, um, you know, three times, I think, before the season. And, and just kind of going through those exercises uh, in lunches and just really small little things with uh, Rodney and, and and the guys and, and just to make sure that everybody was still thinking about racing because it's a, it's a, it's a big year. Um, in a number of different ways with all the transition coming at the end of the year and still trying to compete for the whole year competitively and, and how do we balance that and how do we do that and which, which tests do we go to, how much time do we spend in the simulator. Um, you know, so there, there's a number of things and conversations that have to be had that, that are important. What kind of things can you do to even look ahead to 2021? I mean, nobody has really the cars yet. I mean, what, what can you do to prepare for next year already? Um, you know, really, really at this particular point, it's, it's, it's about scheduling. Um, how do we schedule these, these tests and, and how do we schedule our team uh, to be effective um, throughout the year? Um, because I, I don't want to go to a test unless my guys are there, you know, from a safety standpoint and have put together the, the race car uh, and from a performance standpoint. There's really no use to go to the test um, 
you know, until we know 100% what the final version of the car is going to be, uh, the, the rules and, and are close. And I want to do it with my guys um, just because of the fact that, you know, you, you want to run through the same routine and make sure that the things are prepared correctly. And how efficiently can we do that from a scheduling standpoint that it doesn't interrupt the things that we're doing this year. So really the planning and scheduling is the only thing that, that I feel like we need to be involved in it at this particular point other than the awareness of where things are at. Spending time with Kevin Harvick here on MRN.com. Recently signed a contract extension. You're going to be with Stuart Haas Racing for a few more years. What accomplishment is eluding you? What are you trying to do here in that remaining time of that contract? Is there something that stands out to you that you'd like to get done? Yeah. Well, the one thing that became very intriguing to me was this new car. Um, and, you know, not only the new car, but the new, you know, the new plans of engine packages and, and hybrid packages and all the different things that, that are coming, the challenges that are coming uh, with this new car in order to be competitive. Um, that was one of them. You know, I think for, for me, it's always about being competitive and winning races, and I like doing those types of things with the group of guys that I'm with. Um, you know, I've worked my whole career, and you always hear guys say, well, I need the right people, I need the right chemistry, um, I need the right organization, I need the right manufacturer. Well, I've got all those. And, you know, in a situation that I feel like I've worked my whole career that you don't get to experience all the time, a lot of guys never get to experience that. And in the end, I'm like, why, why am I even talking about doing something different or thinking about doing something different? And, and it took a few conversations. I sat down with, with Mark Martin uh, over the summer. Uh, I talked to my friend Joe Girardi uh, about, you know, the end of his career, just trying to get different perspectives. Uh, I talked to Dale Jarrett and Rusty Wallace and, and um, Bill Jordan, who's a good friend of mine. And, and, and so I talked to a number of, of guys who had been through that particular situation, and, and it's to me, uh, the way that we do things now uh, is actually easier than what it was 15 years ago, 10 years ago, uh, from a scheduling standpoint and, and the way that you don't go to the test, uh, you know, 20 times a year like you used to, so you're home more. I, so there's just a, there's a number of things, and they all indicated and pointed to staying in the race car. Um, now, my wife may think differently. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think in the end, uh, you know, we talked through everything and, and just – you know, that's, that's where we landed. Lots of racing left to happen between now and then, including your attempt to win your second Daytona 500. We wish you the best in doing that on Sunday. Thank you, guys. Thanks that's for having Kevin me. Kevin Harvick. More from Daytona 500 Media Day coming up. Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. Ended a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. This is a special edition of NASCAR Live for the Daytona 500 on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. 
Welcome back to a special edition of NASCAR Live with highlights from Daytona 500 Media Day where the Motor Racing Network crew spoke with the drivers ahead of Sunday's Daytona 500. Let's talk to the driver that won the pole for the Daytona 500 on Sunday. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is here. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? Wonderful. Are y'all tired of talking yet? We just started. So oh, you just yet. started? Yeah, Perfect. Just 1230. You're our third guy. So, well, so what's, your, That's what's, great. what's your week been like? Uh, William Byron bought a shifter cart. What's, what's your week been like? You know, this week was was cool. Obviously, you know, when you start the week off with a, a Daytona 500 pole is is pretty special. You know, NASCAR is like we're walking to Victory Lane uh, to do pictures, and they're like, "Hey, the flight's gonna leave at six. We're gonna go up to New York." Blah blah blah. And I was like, "Okay, cool." I didn't get my stuff ready. I was like, "Is there any way that we can push that plane back to like 10 o'clock? Because I really want to go to the dirt track and watch my sprint car team." So um, we went to. Uh, we went to the dirt track, watched, uh, watched my sprint car team run. We jumped back in the car and got back to the airport and, and flew up to New York. And uh, it was cool. I appreciate everybody letting me do that because we didn't get much sleep. Because uh, then we got to the hotel, woke up, and, and then went and did all the, the media stuff there in the morning at Fox, which was, which was really neat. And, you know, it's, it's just a great thing for our race team uh, and, and all our partners with Kroger and, um, you know, everything that they do for, for JTG way before I ever got there. Um, and, and they continue to do so. It was a, a pretty special week, and then yesterday I just chilled out. Nothing wrong with that. As well you should, because I know that that media tour you did in New York was was busy. It's been a busy weekend so far here. 2020 is going to be a page-turner for you. We've already talked on MRN with you on Sunday after you won the poll. And the new opportunity that you have. Now, winning the poll for the Daytona 500 does not a season make, but it doesn't hurt to get off to a good start, which is something that you've done. What do you want to do this year? Like, what do you, I know you want to win races, you want to run fast, but is there something specifically that you want to accomplish this year? Yeah, like you said, I mean, the, the Daytona 500 pole is, is not obviously a direct correlation of what your season's going to look like. But for me, I look at that Daytona 500 pole as, you know, everybody in the shop worked hard, worked together to, you know, make our cards as fast as they could. You know, they came down here and we had the fastest car during qualifying. And, so they worked Saturdays, they worked long nights, and now it's like, okay, you know, we put this effort in, we're working on the right things uh, to make these cars fast down at Daytona. You know, they're continuing to do that and, and put that work in on, on all of our other race cars and, and the effort into our Las Vegas cars and going to the wind tunnel and making sure everything's right. So I feel like it, you know, kind of catapults us to like, hey, let's let's work hard. We can have fast race cars every time we show up to the racetrack. And, you know, so for us, it's, um, you know, I'm just anxious to, you know, get on different racetracks, kind of see what, you know, those those things that we need to work on uh, to make our cars faster. Um, you know, but, you know, from my, my seat, I have to, you know, make sure I don't make mistakes uh, in the race car like I did last year. We had some fast race cars last year that, you know, we didn't get those finishes that, I, that we needed to out of it. So, personally, I just got to make sure I don't make mistakes, and they're working hard. That's Ricky Stenhouse, Jr. He won the pole for the 500 with JTG Darty Racing. <laughs> driver that's going to be making the transition to a new crew chief in 2020. Our next guest, Martin Truex Jr., will have James Small at the controls on the war wagon. Welcome to MRN.com. Mr. Truex, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? Fantastic. Yeah, doing good. So uh, we just talked to Stenhouse, and and he's in a new team with the same crew chief. You're at the same team with a different crew chief. You've had a weekend to uh, get acclimated to each other. How's it been so far? Yeah, it's been good so far. I think, uh, you know, Daytona is certainly not the biggest test. 
of a driver crew chief relationship. But uh, feeling good about it. You know, I think the guys are all fired up. And, um, you know, James, I think he's going to bring a lot to the table. So uh, the cool part is it's really not like we're starting over or trying to learn each other. You know, he's been around with us for a long time. He's been a big part of our success the last few seasons. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to uh, perform. This is the first time in this Speed Weeks that we have used this aero package. We never rolled this out till Talladega in the spring. Had it here in the summer race, but this is the first time in February. Was the car stable during the clash for you before all heck broke loose there? Yeah, uh, I, I felt pretty good about our car and handling what we had. Um, obviously, we didn't get to the end, which most people didn't, but uh, had a, I felt like we had a strong car, and um, handling-wise, you know, handling I was real happy with it. So hopefully we can uh, continue to, to make a car drive good throughout this week. Um, you know, it certainly gets more challenging, I feel like, throughout the week. It's going to be a little hotter tomorrow for the duels than it was Saturday or uh, Sunday for the, for the uh, clash. So. I think handling will come a little bit more into play, which I think is good based on how our car drove. And, um, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. But uh, looking forward to it and, you know, really just hopefully we can get to the end of one of these things. It's been uh, it's been a hell of a challenge for us to try to finish a, <laughs> finish a plate race or a, a super speedway race. So, uh, man, the other day running third on a restart, minding our own business, and wham, we're in the fence. So uh, it's been tough, but. Looking forward to it. Hopefully what, we'll have a good week. You mentioned the heat. I'm, I'm curious. A place as big as Daytona is, how does the weather, the heat specifically, I mean, how does it affect how the car drives? Yeah, I mean, just track temp, you know, like anywhere else. It's the hotter it gets, the slicker it gets. And, you know, down here, you know, we got here last week. There's, there hadn't been anyone on the track. There was no testing down here like there used to be. And so, you know, we're, we're continuing to put rubber on the track. And then as it heats up, it just continues to lose, to lose grip. And so, uh, yeah, I think that tomorrow handling will be a bigger factor than it was uh, on Sunday. When you say handling, obviously you want the car to handle as best it can, be as glued to the racetrack as much as possible. But when you haul it off into turn one and all of a sudden you experience whatever condition you are, tight or loose, what does that feel like 200 miles an hour, sometimes three wide, in the middle and all that stuff? Are you sawing on the car? I mean, what what's the desired handling that you want versus yeah. what you may have at times out here? Yeah, I mean, the desire is just to have a good balance. You know, some, the car will turn well but not be, you know, sideways. And, and the hard part about this type of racing is, you like, as you mentioned, you go in a corner three wide, you're in the middle or something, you can't just lift. There's nowhere to go. So you have to find a way to keep your car straight in that lane off the guys around you. Um, and these cars, you know, you get in d- different situations around certain cars. You may be tight in this situation. You may be loose in this situation. So, so understanding those positions you put your car in, how they affect the car, you know, you have to base your changes or your feel of the car in practice around that. It's, it's really, really challenging. Um, it's not like you can go out and find clean air like in a big track. You're like, you just you don't follow the guy in front of you if you're tight behind him. You find some clean air, and you gotta you got to move around and do certain things. Here, you don't have that option. Typically, you're in traffic and you have to figure out a way to make your car handle uh, in traffic. It's, it's really difficult, and it's something that's always changing. You're not really sure what you need most times. It sounds stressful, too, is it? It's very stressful. Yeah, absolutely, because, you listen, if, you, if you're, you know, you're too tight, you've got to lift, guys are going to drive by you. you, know, if you but if you're too loose and you can't keep the thing stable, guys aren't going to push you. You're not going to be able to go through the pack. So, I mean, it's, it's a di- di- you know, difficult balance. And at the same time, if you, if you handle too good, your car's not going to be fast enough. So. <laughs> It's a big challenge, and then you know your you know, your speed is always dictated by the cars around you and, and how that momentum is is moving forward, and and um, so yeah, it's it's tough stuff for sure. Well, JGR had a great year last year. We anticipate that continuing. We haven't seen anything to prove otherwise, especially with Eric winning, obviously in the exhibition race on Sunday. Congratulations on the successes of a year ago, and all the best in the ones to come here in 2020. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Hopefully, we keep it rolling. It's Martin Truex Jr. Coming up, we've got more from Daytona 500 Media Day. 
Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like non-wing sprint cars, midgets, silver crown, traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Fine job from Chris Rebell up front. Dirt racing is about going to the racetrack and enjoying it. Non-wing open wheel racing's best podcast. Dylan and I chat with some of the biggest stars from past and present. Chris Rebell, a winner at Eldora. It's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. Hey, this is Bubba Wallace, driver of the number 43 Victory Junction Chevrolet Camaro. Victory Junction is a year-round camp for children living with serious and chronic medical conditions. Each year, nearly 10,000 children and their families get the chance to play, laugh, and do things they never thought possible at Victory Junction at no cost. You can make a difference in a child's life and fill your heart race. Support Victory Junction by texting Bubba to 36413 or donating online at victoryjunction.org slash donate now. This is a special edition of NASCAR Live for the Daytona 500 on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. We're back with our special edition of NASCAR Live with coverage from Daytona 500 Media Day in Daytona. More drivers made their way through the media rounds today and spent time with the MRN team. Now we're joined by the reigning NASCAR Cup Series champion, Kyle Bush, who joins us here on MRN.com. How are you, champ? I'm doing good. How's it going? Good. How is, uh, how's your week been? Uh, did you get to go home at all and, and spend some time with the family? Absolutely. Yeah, it was good. It was nice. Um, I'll take that back. We didn't go home. We stayed, uh, we stayed down here. So we were able to go over to Universal That's yesterday right. and had a good time over there. Was able to um, check out some cool rides, and um, Rexton enjoyed that. We were able to do the Transformers and uh, the Harry Potter stuff, all the stuff that he was kind of into. So, are you a big roller coaster fan, or is that you just leave all that to Brexton? Oh no, I'm I'm a big. I'll, the bigger the better, man. <laughs> I, I haven't found one that I don't like, so um, I'm still looking. But which one's your favorite? The uh, I didn't go on Hulk. I've been on Hulk before uh, a couple years ago. I didn't go on Hulk yesterday. He wasn't big enough to go on that one. Samantha and I went on the new Harry Potter one that he's not big enough to go on yet. It kind of goes and ends up where it, like, stalls out, and then you got to go backwards, and then you stop, and then it drops down another level, and then you go forward. So it's pretty cool. It's a new one. When they first opened it, uh, the guy was telling us when they first opened it, the day it opened, there was a 10-hour wait. Oh, my gosh. What? To get on this ride. It must be good. It's it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> like, on a 1 to 10, it's like a it's like a 6.5 or a wow. 7. Like, to me, the Hulk ride is, is the best ride. It's, it's like a 9. I haven't found a 10 yet. All right. A 10, wow. is, a 10 is a scary one, Yeah. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. I haven't, yeah. I haven't found that one yet. <laughs> so what rating would you give the ride you took in the Bush Clash on the roller coaster ride meter? It wasn't that cool. No, it, wa- it wasn't <laughs> as good as some of my more spectacular ones. The one where I broke two limbs was a 10. Yeah. Yeah, that one that's was scary. That yeah, one was but scary. see, I, uh, that, but that's not a good 10. I mean, that's that's bad 10. Because? You broke limbs. Oh, well, it, it didn't even look all that cool either. So you're right. It wasn't, it wasn't a 10. What's a cool one that I've been in? The cool one that I've been in was here when Stuart wrecked me coming to the checkered and Casey Kane plowed underneath my back end, and there was a bunch of there was a bunch of hits on that one. That one was an exciting one. You had a couple spectacular saves here that are probably yeah. near the top of that, yeah, that I was, marker. I, I was hoping I had another one the other day, but I got behind in my steering, so yeah. uh, I messed up on that one. <laughs> That happened right in front of me at the end of the backstretch. It looks like you almost had it missed. You almost. It It looked like it was one of those things that was slow motion coming together, and then once it got rolling, it just all, he- all he- heck broke loose and yeah. almost missed it. Almost yeah. got out of that mess. Yeah, we did. But, um, you know, when, when you try to 
past somebody that's blocking you every single which way to high heaven, it, it gets a little challenging the more times you got to do it. How do you balance that? I mean, in all things considered, with, with the way that you have to race these tracks now, when is when is it inappropriate or when is it appropriate to block like that? Well, I don't think anybody knew the the differences in the block rate versus what we had here last year. So last year we didn't have the arrow ducks. Sure. So last year when you'd run up on a guy, whether the run was slow or big, you'd get within a half a car and it would already start pushing that guy in front of you back out. With the arrow ducks, the way the arrow ducks are, you're sucked all the way to that guy's rear bumper. You know, so like when I was catching, catching, catching him, and we were turning into the corner, and then he blocked there, and then I went high. Like, I'm still gaining on him. I even had to check up and lift when we got up to the top. And when I got back to the gas to go back again and turn down the hill, I had momentum on him. Sure. Like, I was rolling on him, you know. So you got to know that sort of stuff. And I already knew that from earlier in the race. I had some other instances in which I saw that and learned that. And so I, I knew that when I had that run, I could attack more times than just once. And so I, I did that. But you you got to have the opposite sense that, okay, they're going to attack more than once. I can't block more than once or twice. Like, I'm going to get crashed if I do it too much. I assume that this will be the intensity level will drop down a, a great bit for Thursday night and Sunday as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you would hope. Um, people people need to be smart and keep their same car for when they start the Daytona 500. That's the most logical thing to do. Um, but, again, we're not all that smart because we only finished with three cars there the other day. Um, the other thing is, like, the last probably 20, 15 laps gets pretty hectic anyways in the 500. You know, you see guys just not care anymore. I mean, we saw it with uh, the last lap, for instance. You know, Dylan had a run on, uh, on the 10 and just wiped him out, you know. So... <laughs> Whatever's in front of you, you don't want to be getting hit because you're probably not going to make it back. Good luck avoiding all that and try to get that first Daytona 500 win on Sunday afternoon, Jim. Yeah, it'd be nice. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's yeah. Kyle Bush. More drivers coming up from Daytona 500 Media Day. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706, 800-242-1706. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checkered flag's waving. I look in my mirror, and here's Earnhardt right on my tail, and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh, no, you don't. As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season. And Davey was behind me, and we came off the corner, and there's a guy standing in the middle of the racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. This is a special edition of NASCAR Live for the Daytona 500 on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to a special edition of NASCAR Live. Daytona 500 Media Day was jam-packed with drivers, and the MRN crew got their thoughts ahead of the Great American Race and more. And the stars just keep on coming as Chase Elliott uh, saddles up, driver of the Napa Chevrolet. Chase, how's your week been so far? Been good. Been good. Can't complain. Uh, weather's been nice and warm down here today. Hadn't rained, so can't complain. How about, 
Go ahead. No. Just stick around from Sunday. Did you stick I around? Did. Because I know some of the guys. We were just talking to Boyer about Disney. Did you? Did you yeah. do anything over the last couple of days? I, I haven't done much. I've. Uh, yeah. No. I, I've, I've been here, but I haven't been doing a whole lot. Been. Uh, been pretty laid back these past couple of days. So got busy today though. How about the car? Did you like what you had? Yeah. Yeah. I thought our car was okay. Um, you know, had a, had a solid qualifying effort. I uh, wish we could have got to second there at least. You know, get on the front row, but. Um, nonetheless, you know, I don't know that it really matters. We've, we've done that, you know, and, and that hasn't resulted in a very good finish. So I think our car is plenty fast enough to be good on, on Sunday, and, and we'll try to get through the duels, uh, you know, or the duel tomorrow night, our duel, and uh, <laughs> hope it goes well. You're going to start second in the first duel. Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., the uh, pole sitter, going to start alongside of you. And, and did you get a sense? Did you run much in practice in a group? Do you have a sense as to how your car is going to perform uh, in, a, in a group dynamic? Not with the 500 car. You know, we haven't done really any drafting with, with it. So, um, and everybody, too. You know, everybody kind of was in qualifying mode, I feel like, uh, last Sunday w- with those cars. So, you know, I think you sacrifice that. You know, cars might not drive great tomorrow night. Um, and typically, it's a pretty laid-back race. I mean, it has been the last couple of years. So, and, and with as much stuff as we tore up on Sunday, I expect it to be, uh, <laughs> oh, I expect it to be pretty, uh, pretty laid-back. So what are you looking to learn tomorrow night to translate to Sunday? Um, you know, I really think the only things you can take from tomorrow night are just the, uh, you know, pit stops, pit road, and, and kind of getting back in the groove of that. And then number two, the uh, the pit crew, you know, getting them some more reps that they've been off all, all off season too. So I think it's a nice way to get them ready for, for Sunday. When we look at pitting here at Daytona, this is always one of the things that fascinates me, is, is we always talk about the pit stops and it's great for the crew. But you're, when, when Alan gets on the radio and says, we're going to pit next lap, what is your process going down the backstretch, getting, what, what all do you have to be conscious of to safely get the car to that pit crew? Yeah, I mean, I can only stick my hand out the window so far. Exactly. So it kind of is what it is. Uh, you know, usually everybody's pretty aware as to pit stops are about to happen. And uh, you can kind of tell, like, even if you don't see somebody's hand, um, you can kind of see the, 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 the bunch kind of moving around and the people putting themselves in position to pit and stuff. So you get the vibe, something's up. Um, and I mean, you hope, you hope the guy behind you gets the vibe. You're kind of at his mercy. So I hope the person behind me understands what's happening. In the 500, you can generally over a course, it would seem like five laps or so, five to eight laps before you're going to pit, try to get with the guys you want to pit with your teammates or whomever. Is that as uh, easy to do or harder to do in the duels being such a shorter race, or you, do you just need to pit when Allen's got you coming in? Yeah, I think you just pit when he says. Um, I can't control a lot of that. You know, that's kind of out of my hands. I can I can do what I'm told, uh, maybe, sometimes. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, you can't control what everybody else is doing. So whenever he says pit, I'll be headed down pit road, and, and um, you know, that's the best thing I can do is just listen to him. So how many laps in advance in a typical situation at a plate track will you get noticed – that we're going to come in X number of laps? Uh, it depends on where we're at. You know, if we're in the outside lane, I, I get more notice. Yeah. If we're on the bottom, uh, it could be a lap, you know, the lap before, like pit this time type thing. Um, but if you're in the outside lane, they they see that, you know, that they know what's going on and you got to work your way down. Um, so y- if you need the notice, they'll give you notice. If you don't, you'll be coming that next lap. Chase, one of the things that I find so fascinating about plate re- 
plate racing. We don't want to have a plate. I know, big track racing, Daytona <laughs> Talladega. We still haven't figured a term for this yet, okay? Uh, taper, it's tapered spacer just doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tapered spacer doesn't roll off the tongue, okay? Um, there's the dynamic of Chevy, and you guys work together with a bowtie group. Then there's the dynamic of Hendrick Motorsports, and you work together. We just talked about it with pit stops. But then there's Chase Elliott and your team. How do you balance all of that? How do you how do you yeah. manage all of that during a race? It's tough, you know, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's one of those things that I can't really control. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of the, of the political side of, of what we have to do. I think it hurts. Um, I think it hurts all of us in this room. Um, but it's it's we're at the mercy of what we're told, and, and I can't uh, – it's hard to step out of that box sometimes and, and – and be the bad guy and so you try to be smart about it you try to balance it the best you can you also try to be selfish where you can um just because at the end of the day you know this is a performance driven sport and if you're not selfish then you're not doing it right absolutely if you look at talladega where you've won and here uh where you've run well but haven't had the luck how do you compare and contrast the tracks especially the the first time we have this particular package at a daytona 500 uh yeah you know I, I think you know racing here last july or whatever you'll you'll it'll be like that and uh two two talladega races with this package so you're right that'd be the first 500 like this um but you know i, I think it'd be real similar to what we've seen and, and what we you know hopefully minus the crashing it'll be what we uh what we saw on sunday with how the cars drove let's hope that's for sure we appreciate your time. You Spend a little time with us here on Motor Racing Network. We wish you the best in the duel and then on Sunday in the Great American Race. I appreciate it. Y'all have fun today. Chase Elliott. Coming up, more from Daytona 500 Media Day. Do you have a car, truck, boat, or other vehicle that's seen better days, but you're not sure what to do with it? Turn your clunker into a chunk of change in support of children's health care initiatives when you donate it to the NASCAR Foundation. It's simple and free. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to have your vehicle towed and auctioned off. You get a tax deduction, and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds. Put your vehicle to good use for the kids by donating it today. Call 844-NASCAR-9 today. That's 844-NASCAR-9. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checkered flags waving. I look in my mirror, and here's Earnhardt right on my tail, and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh, no, you don't. As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season. And Davey was behind me, and we came off the corner, and there's a guy standing in the middle of a racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. This is a special Daytona 500 edition of NASCAR Live. Now, back to Woody Kane. Welcome back to a special edition of NASCAR Live. Let's hear now from a few more drivers before Daytona 500 Media Day wrapped up. Catch up with the driver that will start on the outside of the front row for the Daytona 500. Alex Bowman is in the house. Hello. This dang seat is abnormally warm. I think he farted before he left. <laughs> Leave it we to can, Kyle. We <laughs> can... Nor, we can confirm, nor can we deny. We just don't know. Can't smell over the radio, thankfully. <laughs> What's new with you? Uh, How did you feel like everything went for you this past weekend? Yeah, obviously coming down here with a lot of speed in the 500 car was really important to the guys. And really proud of them for uh, taking a new race car and, and, and getting a front row with it. Disappointed we didn't get to race more in the class. Just kind of the way our strategy worked out, trying to save fuel, finally getting fuel back in it there at the end, and then crash on that restart right before we were actually fixing to go racing so bummed on that feel like i didn't learn a whole lot and i, I wanted to learn a lot but it is what it is we'll learn what we can tomorrow night and be good in the 500 did i see in the off season you bought a station wagon 
I did buy a station wagon. Why? Because station wagons are cooler than not station wagons. Like, <laughs> anything... That, go, that matches well with your Corvette, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, so you have... If you have two cars, and there's a, sta- there's a wagon and a non-wagon version, the wagon is always way cooler. What makes it cooler? The fact that it's a wagon. <laughs> I, I don't understand why I need to explain this. Trying to get this. blood out of a turnip here, my God, I man. Mean, I didn't realize you were a station wagon guy. Everybody, so... Every car guy likes wagons. It's just a thing. I've never met somebody it is a who doesn't that that is into cars. But like the CTS V wagon, 555 horsepower wagon. Come on. I think there's something. I think there's something to be said for having like something that you looks like maybe like a grocery getter. Yes. That can smoke the tires at a red light. Yes. Like I think it just that is very the com- important. The comedy of it. I didn't realize that race car drivers did that at red lights. No. They no, like to never. smoke the tires. No, it's just the fact. With a load of groceries in the back. The yeah. fact that it can. Yeah. See, my my wagon's got like the roof cargo box and everything, so I can put like snowboards on the roof. It'd be like the Griswolds and have you know my luggage falling off. I could put a Christmas tree up everything. there. Yeah, exactly. And run like tens in the quarter mile. <laughs> I, I'm not even going to go here. We we just got done with Bowman in the station wagon. We bring in uh, we bring in Jimmy Johnson, who's who's joining us on Daytona 500 media Station wagon must have been good. You guys are still laughing. <laughs> well, he's so impassioned about a station. I mean, I never knew people got worked up about station wagons like this. He's on fire. He's banging a chip about this. Okay, <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> now I see why you're laughing. <laughs> Uh, Welcome aboard for your final daytime 500 media day, at least for now. Glad to have you with us. Uh, your final speed weeks, 2020. Um, outside of the Bush Clash on Sunday, how's this thing's been going for you so far this weekend? I'm pretty good. I mean, this week, other, this week, other than a sore neck uh, from from the impact in the race, I, I haven't hit that hard in a long time. No one, no one really got me. I thought I was going to sneak through, so I had it on the mat, right? And I got hooked the last second and uh, and tattooed the wall pretty good. So. I'm just kind of getting over a sore neck, but I've been uh, had a couple of days off, which was nice, and reloaded, and here we go. Have you allowed yourself at all to kind of not get caught up in the fact that this could be your last Daytona 500, but taking a step back and appreciated things maybe differently than you have in the past? No, without a doubt. That's kind of going to be my goal this year is just to be present at these tracks. I mean, it, I don't know if I'm going to come back. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm going to keep racing for years to come, but I, I just don't know what that looks like. So letting in um, – you know, letting in the experience, being present, enjoying it, uh, taking a few extra minutes here and there. Uh, that, that's that's definitely the challenge I've set out for myself. I know that you made the call that this is going to be your final full-time year and you don't know what the future holds. What kind of mental territory is that? And, and, and was it one that you wrestled with? And what was the thought process like in going through those emotions that led you to the announcement that you made? Honestly, I've ended up in a spot where I am – like free in some ways. I mean, it, it is so fun and, and I'm so relaxed and it feels so good to just open up possibilities, you know, and leading, you know, going through last year up until the time of the announcement, trying to look at things on paper and pros and cons and logically making a decision. It was really tough for me to do. I mean, I could talk myself in or out of it. So I really started paying attention to my gut and my heart and what was leading me in the right way. And man, I, I want to drive other things. I want to do other things. I, I want to have more time with my family. I want to be more present in life, period. Being on the road 38 weekends a year, it's, it's tough to do that. So once I kind of got over the hurdle and decided to let go, um, I've not looked back. I mean, it feels great to, uh, to look at my schedule next year, and it's, it's wide open right now. Like, wow, look at that, 21. 
I can go where I want, do what I want, how I want, who I want to do it with. It's, I'm, just, I'm just really excited about that. Well, we can't wait to see what the next challenge for you is going to be and what form of motorsports you want to climb aboard next. But I'm sure when you do, you'll have a lot of attention. We're going to be paying attention. A lot of the fans here will as well. Thank you for what you've done for this sport and for us here at Motor Racing Network. And we can't wait to see it win more races and give it a run for that eighth yeah. championship. I can't wait, buddy. It's been fun. And thank you for the friendships. And uh, let's have a good year. Thanks, All right. Jimmy. Go get him. That's Jimmy Johnson. Those were some of the highlights from today's Daytona 500 Media Day. Speed Weeks continues on the Motor Racing Network Thursday night with the Blue Green Vacations Duel at Daytona. Coverage starts at 6 p.m. Eastern. Friday night, the NASCAR Gander RV Outdoors Truck Series takes center stage with the Next Era Energy Resources 250 at 7 p.m. Eastern. Followed by the NASCAR Xfinity Series NASCAR Racing Experience 300 on Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern. And MRN will have full coverage of the day we're all waiting for, the Daytona 500, starting at 1.30 Eastern Sunday afternoon. Thanks to all the drivers you heard today from Daytona and to the MRN crew. I'm Woody Kane. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. And was brought to you by Wheeland. On the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheeland is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. And by Blue Emu. Blue Emu's family of products supports healthy muscles and joints. Is family owned and made here in America. It works fast and you won't stink. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbert. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com.